It's Monday, June 9th. Do you know what day it is? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's today sports ball. Hello and welcome to the start of the week. Decent sized Major League Baseball slate on deck tonight, and we're going or late afternoon and into the evening. We're going to go through all ten games that are on the board. Hope everybody had a great weekend, great Father's Day for those fathers out there. I'm your host, Doug Reed, and as always, you can catch me at Doug underscore Reed 34 on Twitter. And I'm always open to comments, feedbacks, <clears throat> excuse me, thoughts. And if you don't mind going to your podcast provider and rating and reviewing this show, I would greatly appreciate it. it helps to get noticed, helps get uh, more traction, and helps us out at Sports Ethos. And if you haven't already, go to sportsethos.com. Great site, lots of information, whether you're into wagering, uh, DFS, uh, fantasy sports, all major sports, some not so major sports as well. A lot of interesting information growing like a proverbial weed here and doing a really good job expanding our reach. So check us out at sportsethos.com. Before we get to the games, on this day in sports, way back in 1992, Evander Holyfield uh, beat Larry Holmes in 12 rounds to win the world heavyweight boxing title. Don't talk a lot of boxing on this, but... Um, a big, big bout back in the day. In 1999, Dallas Stars won 2-1 in triple overtime. The infamous was Brett Hull's foot in the crease or not in the crease. And my brother, Dave Reed, won his first Stanley Cup. Uh, the Stars won that series 4-2 for their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. The next year, 2000, the LA Lakers uh, beat the Indiana Pacers 116-111 in game six of the NBA championship. And the MVP for that game was Shaquille O'Neal. Six years later, uh, on the ice, back on the ice, the NHL 2006, Carolina won their first Stanley Cup ever by beating Edmonton 3-1 in game seven. Uh, was an exciting game for their first cup. And then in 2016, the Cavaliers behind LeBron James beat Golden State, the defending champion Golden State Warriors, 93-89 in game seven. And what's impressive about that is the Cavs were down three games to one, and they came back. And, of course, the MVP was, as mentioned, LeBron James. So, interesting day. Um, as we're wrapping up into mid-June, the end of the historic days for NHL titles and NBA titles. Uh, but still a few on the boards and a few more to come, I think. So, interesting day in sports history. On the diamond, 10 games. Uh, we started 4-5 in the East, where St. Louis is in Washington. The last place St. Louis Cardinals in the Central face the last place Washington Nationals in the East. You can get the uh, road cards at minus 155 in the money line. The home Nats plus 135. Total here is 9.5. Juice to the under at minus 115. Money coming in the under. And I don't have a play. And I'm going to be fairly honest. I don't have a clue which way to go here. Jack Flaherty's on the hill for St. Louis. And I think I bet on him about four times this year, and I've been dead wrong every time. I thought he was a good candidate for a bounce back, and then he came out and he just was brutal his first few outings. Couldn't find the strike zone. Um, but he has uh, refound his mojo, so to speak, but he's still been very inconsistent. 
73 and two-thirds inning, 4.64 ERA, 1.59 whip for Mr. Flaherty. And uh, he's not really outperforming his peripherals. He started brutals, had a few good outings, uh, but his ERA, 4.64, his expected ERA, 4.61, his FIP, 4.33. So maybe he's getting a little bit unlucky, but those, those numbers are kind of at the margins. Josiah Gray is a very interesting pitcher for Washington, the righty. 79 innings, 3.19 ERA, 1.35 whip, 66 strikeouts, but 37 walks, walking too many guys. And, uh, you know, I think St. Louis is a better team, but they're just not coming out of the uh, uh, their doldrums, so to speak. Yeah, they've got pitching problems. And I think Flaherty is, encapsulates kind of their season. Uh, better pitcher than he's shown historically, but nobody's really sure uh, if he's back or not. So very inconsistent. Can't really touch the game. I like St. Louis, but not as my, at minus 155, and I'm not going to uh, play the run line when it's only plus 105. I'd like them to win, and if anything, I'd lean to the under. Money is coming in in the under, but I would lean to the under 9.5, but just a lean for me. Next game, 640 East. Toronto Blue Jays are in Miami to face the Marlins. And for the Jays, you get ready. Well, sorry, let's go to the lines first. Uh, the Jays minus six, 165 on the money line. The host Marlins plus 140. Total here is eight, just the over minus 115. And you get Jose Barrios on the bump for the Jays. 85 innings, 3.28 DRA, 1.16 whip, 75 strikeouts. Those are pretty impressive numbers, especially for a guy that everybody was dumping on uh, to start the season. He had a tough year last year after signing the big contract with Toronto. And he didn't start out the season all that well. But has rebounded lately. When I look at his last few outings against uh, at Baltimore, seven and two thirds, just three hits, no earned runs. Uh, prior to that, at Houston, six innings, four hits, two earned runs. Prior to that, at the Mets, six innings, four hits, one earned run. Prior to that, at Minnesota, five and two thirds, four hits, no earned runs. Prior to that, at Tampa Bay, seven innings, five hits, one earned run. So in his last five outings, he's given up zero, two, one, zero, and one earned run. He had some pretty damn good offenses, too. Uh, Tampa Bay's in there. Houston's in there. Baltimore's in there. Um, so, Barrios is pitching much better. And I like him here today. And Brian Hoeing, I think, is just going to be, who's going for Miami, uh, just going to be an opener. 26 innings, 3.12 ERA, 1.38 whip. Um, going to be an opener. Money's coming in in the over at minus 115. And Marlins Park is, tends to be a, uh, the Marlins Park tends to be a, um, pitcher-friendly venue. So if anything, I might lean to the under. I think Barrios come in and really shut down Miami. I might look at a first five under here. Uh, the Jays' bats have woken up a little bit, but a very, again, very inconsistent, not getting the power they think they should be, and not really sure which way to go. I like the Jays, not a minus 165, maybe on the run line at plus 105. I don't really like um, taking a run line with that low juice, and also a positive number. But the thing is, I think Barrios can shut down Miami. And if the Jays can get to uh, the Marlins for four or five runs, they could be covering that run line. So lean to the run line. Not sure we're going to be on that one. We'll take a quick break. Hit the rest of the diamond when we get back. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. 6.40 in the East, we get the Tigers hosting the KC Royals, who are now just percentage points ahead of Oakland for the worst record in baseball. Uh, ahead of Oakland, though. They are 19-52, uh, 268 winning percentage, and the A's are 19-55, 257 winning percentage. So a couple games up on the A's, but struggling mightily, to say the least. You get the Road Royals on the money line, plus 125. The home Tigers, minus 145. I don't think I've said, I haven't said that this year. And maybe this series they will be, but I can't imagine the Tigers being um, close to a dollar and a half favorites against anybody this year. Total here is nine, juice to the under at minus 115. And I think that's just because of struggling bats of KC. However, Mr. Jordan Lyles is on the hill. So closer to game time, I might be looking at a first five number for some Detroit runs. Uh, wouldn't necessarily back Detroit usually, but Jordan Lyles has really struggled this year. 0-11 record. That's tough. Uh, 79 two-thirds inning, 6.89 ERA, 1.29 whip, which doesn't look all that bad. But when we look a little deeper, uh, 6.89 ERA, he's got an expected ERA of 5.03. So you can say he's been a victim of bad luck, but his expected ERA is still 5.03, a FIP of 5.82 again. So uh, a victim of some bad luck, but those are still bad numbers. And he's been hit fairly consistently all year long. When I look at his last few outings, he's given up uh, four, four runs or more. Now, not all earned in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of his last 13 outings. The only game he didn't was against Colorado. So he's given up four runs or more in 12 of his last 13 outings. Most recently versus Cincinnati, six innings, five hits, five earned runs at Miami. Seven hits, six, sorry, seven innings, six hits, five earned runs. Uh, is outing versus Colorado, uh, five innings, two hits, one earned run. It's best of the year. Prior to that, at home against Washington, five innings, six hits, five earned runs. At the White Sox, not a good hitting team. Five hits, uh, five innings, four hits, five runs, but four were earned. At Milwaukee, also not a great team. Uh, um, 2.1 innings, four hits, seven earned runs. I could go down the line. He's had a bad year, and I think that continues. Detroit has picked it up a little bit lately. Still not a dominant uh, powerhouse by any stretch, but definitely a better, um, better, better team. Reese Olsen, better hitting team. Reese Olsen, uh, the righty for Detroit, just pitched 13 to third innings, 6.08 ERA, 1.05 WHIP. Uh, to put that, to compare that, 6.0 ERA. 
uh, expected ERA of 3.7 and, ex- and a FIP of 3.49. However, such a small sample size. He's looked decent in his couple starts, and I like him to hold Casey's bats in check. I like everybody these days to hold Casey's bats in check. They uh, they're one and nine in their last ten, and that one win was I think Saturday against the LA Angels. LA was up seven two going into the bottom of the seventh, and Casey came back to win. If they didn't do that, they'd, they'd be on about a 14 or 15 game losing streak. So they are struggling. Vinny Pasquantino, their big young first baseman, is out for the season. Uh, their pitching's been struggling. I don't think Lyles writes the ship. I can't lay minus 145 with the Tigers. Plus 130 run line looks nice. Don't like laying that with a home team, but plus 130 maybe. Uh, but like I said, I'm probably going to look at the Tigers' first five kind of numbers, see what that right comes out at two and a half. Probably be minus 130, minus 140, but I think that would be a play. If it's three and a half, I won't be touching that. Next game, 705 in the East. The Cubbies are in Pittsburgh to play the Pirates. The Road Cubbies minus 125 on the money line and the Home Pirates plus 105. You get this total at nine, juice to the under at minus 115. And for Chicago, they get the lefty Drew Smiley on the hill. 77 and two-thirds, 3.59 area, 1.20 whip. And for Pittsburgh, Osvaldo Beto, just four innings, 2.25 ERA, 1.75 whip. So not sure if he's going to be going very deep at all into this game. Uh, don't really have a feel. Pittsburgh's a decent hitting team against lefties, uh, but the Pirates are, well, they've slowed down. They had to slow down after that torrid pace they had to start the year. Um, they currently sit third in the Central, but two and eight in their last 10. So they've definitely kind of come back to earth, and the Cubbies are chasing them. They are the Cubby, Chicago Cubs are fourth in the NL Central, 33 and 38, but seven and three in their last ten. So they've woken up a little lately. They don't usually put a lot of stock in in numbers like that. Other than what I said, like Kansas City is one and nine in their last ten and lost like 14 in the last 15. So um, I like Chicago better than Pittsburgh for sure. Minus 125, uh, maybe I could get behind that. Plus 135 for the Cubbies or pardon, yeah, the Cubbies on the run line. As a road team, that might be a play, too. You just don't know which Drew Smiley is going to show up, uh, the good, strong veteran or the guy who can implode and uh, get lit up like he has a couple times recently. So going to be a stay away from me. The next game is in Cincinnati, where the Red Hot Reds host the always cold on the road Rockies. And you can get the home Reds at minus 165 and a money line. The road Rockies plus 140 total here is 10. Juiced evenly at minus 110 on both sides. You can get the Reds at plus 120 on the run run line. And when I look at this game, I like the over, and I think I like the Reds on the run line at plus 120. Home team, again, prefer not to take the home team in the run line, uh, but I can't leave minus 165. And this is just a pitching matchup play. And it can be interesting to see what the first five numbers are. I'd like to take a Cincinnati, but it's probably, if it's two and a half, minus 130, minus 140, that'd be a play. Uh, but if it's Cincinnati over three and a half, probably not going to touch that. And even Colorado, maybe as bad as they've historically been on the road, um, I think they could get to Williamson. I'm not uh, a believer in what he's been doing. And when you look at the numbers, so these two lefties on the hill for Colorado, Gomber comes in, sorry, two lefties in the game, but on the hill for Colorado. Gomber comes in 66 and two-thirds innings, 7.29 ERA, 1.7 whip, just 44 strikeouts. Dig a little deeper, 7.29 ERA, expected ERA at 7.20. Fair enough. Expected FIP, 6.33. So you could say he's been a little unlucky, but uh, is 
it's still six six point three three fit. So kind of like Jordan Lyles, it's one thing when you're, you know, you're the, the numbers say you've been a little bit unlucky, but when your numbers are still really bad, even the ones that say you've been unlucky, um, it's a bit of a problem. Brandon Williamson, on the other hand, comes in, started out well, and then has certainly slowed down. Thirty one and two thirds innings, five point four zero ERA, one point four two WHIP, just twenty two strikeouts. So neither guy is getting many strikeouts. Williamson. Uh, 5.4 ERA, 7.25 ERA, 6.08 FIP. So he has been getting lucky according to those numbers. He sh- his numbers should be even worse. So I think runs can be put on the board. Uh, sure, Colorado struggles on the road. But uh, against, against Williamson, I don't know that anybody's really going to struggle that much. When I look at what these teams have done against lefties, Cincinnati's got triple slash line at 267 which is sixth best, 332 on base percentage against lefties, puts them at 11th best, and a 419 slug against lefties puts them at 13th best. So they've been definitely top half of the league, kind of close to top third. Uh, then when I get out of Colorado, they diff definitely struggle against lefties. Colorado's batting average, 229, 27th in the league, 286 on base percentage is... 30th, so dead last, and dead last, and 362 slugging percentage is pretty close, 29th. So they struggle against lefties. Struggling against lefties, they're on the road, a little questionable what they can do, but against Williamson, I think they can get some hits. So I would maybe look to the over 10, and I would look, I think, to the Reds um, on the run line at plus 120. Next game, 740 in the East. We have the Red Sox of Boston and Minnesota to play the Twins. And what looks to be a good pitching matchup, but when you dig a little deeper, I think there's an advantage to the Red Sox here. The home Twins, minus 135 on the money line. And I see in DraftKings, the Red Sox are plus 150. And I actually got them at plus 120 on FanDuel. Total there is 8, minus 110 on both sides. And when we look at the high-level, top-level numbers of pitchers, both been doing well. Barry, um, Barry, I was looking at the wrong game there, sorry. Uh, but they have both been doing well. Paxton comes in, just 32 innings, 3.09 ERA, 44 strikeouts, 1.16 whip. So he's had, I think, uh, five starts. One was bad, and the other four have been pretty solid. Pablo Lopez came out of the gate red hot, slowed down, and then picked it back up. 84 and a third innings, 4.27 ERA, 1.11 whip, and 101 strikeouts. So they both pitched well. Dig a little deeper. Packs in 3.09 ERA, 3.34 expected ERA, but a 3.08 whip. So uh, kind of performing the way he should be. Same for Lopez. Well, maybe he's been a little bit unlucky. Sorry, 4.27 ERA, 3.17 whip, 3.56 FIP. So a little bit unlucky. But that's not the angle for me. The angle is um, Boston going against the righty. They hit righties well. Minnesota going against the lefty. They don't hit lefties well. So Boston's triple slash line against righties, 264 batting average, tied for fifth best in the majors, 329 on base, 10th best in the majors, 434 slugging, seventh best in the majors. So they hit uh, the top 10 between top five and top 10 uh, in the triple slash categories against righties. Against lefties, the Twins, on the other end, they uh, have a batting average of 220 against lefties, 29th, 29th in the league, second worst. They also have the second worst on-base percentage at 293 
and they have the third worst slugging percentage at 368. So they're not hitting lefties at all. They really struggle. So two good pitchers, both been doing well. Um, one offense does well against the other, being Boston against righties, and one does not do well against lefties. Minnesota doesn't do well against lefties. So I lean to the Red Sox. Also, Boston's WRC plus against righties is 105, which means WRC plus uh, basically league average is 100. So they're 5% better than league average against righties. Minnesota, on the other hand, against lefties, their WRC plus, so their wins created plus, is 85, so 15% worse than league average against lefties. I guess Minnesota gets the home bump. Um, I'm surprised it's this. I would figure maybe they'd be kind of a 115 to 118, maybe 120 at the most, but a minus 135. I'm definitely looking to uh, the underdog here and on the Red Sox. 8-10 in the East. We go to Milwaukee where the Brewers are facing the Diamondbacks. You can get the home Brewers minus 130 in the run line, or uh, money line, excuse me. And you can get the road D-backs at plus 110. Total here is 7.5, juice to the over at minus 115. But the low number, obviously, pitcher, pitcher's duel is expected. And that's because we have Merrill Kelly, the righty, on the hill for Arizona. 83 innings, 3.04 ERA, 1.11 whip. And the ready on the hill for Milwaukee, their ace, Corbin Burns, 83 and two-thirds innings, 3.44 ERA, 1.10 whip. Both guys are striking up basically a, uh, a batter per inning. We dig a little deeper into Merrill Kelly, uh, 3.04 ERA, expected ERA of 5.05, so a full one uh, well, 1.01, one run better or worse ERA expected. So perhaps a beneficiary of some good luck. Uh, and then we get the FIP of 3.83. So a little bit uh, higher than what his ERA is. So uh, some regression perhaps could be due there. On the flip side, we have Corbin Burns, 3.44 ERA and expected ERA of 3.34 and a FIP of 4.14. So maybe getting a little on. Um, a little unlucky. Sorry, a little lucky because his FIP says it could be a little bit higher. But nonetheless, a good pitcher's duel. And the thing is why I like this game, I'm actually on Arizona. At, I got my plus 116 on FanDuel. Like I said, I'm looking at plus 110 on DraftKings. That's the board I'm looking at right now. And against righties, and this is why, against righties. So Arizona is quietly having a fantastic year. A lot of people had high hopes for them this year, but I think they thought they would – um, you know, maybe maybe push, maybe be on the outside of the wild card, especially in the NL West with the Dodgers, San Diego, and San Francisco ahead of them. And you know what? They're leading the NL West right now, 43 and 29, three and a half games up on the Giants, four games up on the Dodgers, and they are flying. The Brewers leading the NL Central at 37 and 34. Um, but I think everybody agrees the NL Central and the AL Central are probably two weakest divisions in baseball. And this pro the NL Central probably being the weakest, to be honest with you. So um, not people not putting a lot of stock in what the Brewers are doing. But when I look at the the, the, the batting lineups and what they've done, so against right-handed pitching, which both these guys are, Arizona, um, their triple slash line is 264 batting average, fifth best in baseball, 333 on base, fifth best, 449 slugging, fourth best. So top five in all three categories of the triple slash line. On the flips, and their WRC plus against righties is 109, which is fourth best. Flip side is Milwaukee. Everybody talks about Milwaukee struggles against lefties, but they're also kind of struggling against righties. 233 batting average, 22nd in the league, 311 on base, 20, tied for 21st with two other teams. 
and their slug uh, slug percentage of 385 is 20th. So bottom third of the league in all categories, the triple slash line. And their WRC plus is 90. So 10% worse than league average, which is 22nd. Again, bottom third of the league. So I think Burns is a better pitcher than Kelly. He's been pitching well. Uh, he's had a few games where he's got hit around a little, but I think he's a better pitcher. But Kelly's a damn good pitcher. Been pretty quiet, um, quietly going about his business, kind of like the D-backs having a good year. And I just think that the Arizona bats are hot. If they can get the Burns for a few runs and Kelly can keep the cold Milwaukee bats in line, they get a good chance to win. So getting plus 116, as said in FanDuel, going to be on that game. Okay, two games left. And we go to, well, two games on the board. For some reason, the Texas-Chicago White Sox game is not on the board. So I'll touch on that quickly. And I don't know why it's on the board. Um, Andrew Heaney, for t- the lefty, starts for Texas. And he comes in 66 and two-thirds innings, 4.05 ERA, 1.32 whip. And Jesse Schultens, I'm seeing, a righty for Chicago, 18 and two-thirds, 2.89 ERA, 1.07 whip for the White Sox. It's probably just a an opener. And I got to believe the way Texas has been hitting, and Heaney's been kind of hot and cold, um, but I got to believe they're going to come in at probably minus 130, minus 140 favorites. And the total here is probably going to be about, I'm going to say, eight, eight and a half. Um, until I see what the line is, I'm not really sure. I would back Texas. I like Texas to win this game. But without a line, I'm really just guessing. 8-10 in the East, we have the Mets in Houston to play the Astros. You can get the home Astros minus 130 on the money line. The road Mets plus 110. Total here is 7.5. Choose to the under minus 115. Obviously, a pitcher's duel, and this is probably the best pitching matchup of the night. Two righties on the bump. Max Scherzer for the Mets, 56 and two-thirds, 4.45 ERA, 1.24 whip. Hunter Brown, the young righty for the Strohs, 75 and a third innings, 3.35 ERA, and 1.19 whip. When I dig deeper, um, their expected ERA FIP for both pitchers is kind of in line uh, to show that they're, uh, the numbers I just gave you are in line with what should be expected. If anything, though, I would lean to Mad Max and the Mets. Uh, Hunter Brown's been having a good year, um, but you know, Scherzer is Scherzer, and when he's dominant, he's going to be able to shut down anybody still. And when I look against righties, the Mets come in with a 102 WRC plus, so 2% above league average, but just slightly above, uh, where Houston is 94, so 6% below league average. Not a huge sway, um, not something that's going to really tilt me one way or the other, uh, but in a game I kind of see as a toss-up, coin flip. I mean, uh, Houston's lineup is depleted with Jordan Alvarez out for a while. And I just I, I think sure could be able to dominate uh, bottom half of their lineup and keep the Mets in the game. The Mets offense is just so inconsistent. That's why you get that seven and a half total. Not a lot of runs expect to be scored due to the minus one fifteen on the under. Uh, if anything, I lean the Mets here plus one ten. I'd stop around if you can get that a little better. Uh, I'd be on the Mets. Last game of the night is I think a very interesting game. Um, you get you get the Giants who are coming in swept the Dodgers over the weekend and swept the Cardinals before that. Playing very well, and as I said, I think I gave the numbers earlier, but second place in NL West, 39 and 32. They're eight and two in their last uh, 10 games. Playing the Padres, who are fourth place, 35 and 36, four games behind the Giants, but they're seven and three. So they've been in their last 10. They've been doing well. Uh, Michael Walker on the hill for San Diego, the righty, seven and two record, very impressive record, 74 and two thirds innings, 2.89 ERA, 1.06 WHIP, very impressive number. 
But when you look at his underlying stats, he's been a victim, or not a victim, a beneficiary of good luck, I believe. So 2.89 ERA, his expected ERA is 4.05. So what's that? 1.16 more than what his actual ERA is. He fit 3.39, so somewhere in the middle there. And he has seemed to have slowed down uh, recently. So I think regression is coming. Everybody's been calling for this. And you can't, you can't deny what he's done. He's had a good year, but I think he's been slowing down a little. Although his last couple outings against uh, Cleveland and Seattle, two struggling offenses have been pretty decent. Not giving up a run and six and two-thirds against Cleveland and six against Seattle. Got hit a little bit before that against the Cubbies and the Yankees. And going for the Giants is Ryan Walker, who I think pretty sure this will be uh, just an opener. Just 14 two-thirds, 1.23 area, 1.02 whip. Probably be an opener. Uh, this game is basically a coin flip, minus 110 on either side, juice to the over at uh, minus 120, 8.5 the over, juice to minus 120. So I can't really get a good feel for this. Um, you know, wait, wait to see where this number goes. If either team goes plus 100, plus 105, I might lean that way. Uh, I just think Giants been hitting well lately, and I think Waka is due for continued regression. Not massive regress- regression, pardon me. I don't think he's going to fall on his face by any means. I mean, he's had a good run. He had a pretty decent season last year, kind of low-key. And I just like the way the Giants have been playing. When I look at their WRC plus against, uh, yeah, against righties, they're at plus WRC plus at 111, so fourth best. So that's basically 11% above uh, league average. And San Diego is at 94, so 20th, uh, tied for 18th, actually, 6% below league average. So both teams have been playing well lately. Uh, Giants got a bullpen game coming, which you never really know what that means, and I think Walk is due for some regression. So I think I would lean the Giants, but at a coin flip minus 110, for now, going to be a stay away. So hopefully you got some good leans, some angles, maybe some plays in there. Uh, I'm going to wait to see some any prop, interesting props come out in the morning or if uh, any of these lines move. But hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you have a fabulous Monday on this medium MLB slate. Hopefully you can win some money. Hopefully we can all win some money. And hopefully we can have a good day in sports betting. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.